Okay, we'll get started now. Welcome to the sixth annual Texas Tribune Festival and to our second panel of the day, Rideshares Road Forward. I'm Aman Bathija, I'm an editor with the Texas Tribune. This is uh, the second segment in our transportation and the economy track. We'll have panels later today on this track on the state budget, funding for veterans, and whether Texas has a plan to tackle congestion. Some quick housekeeping, lunch will be held on the main mall starting at 12.15. The day will conclude with a reception at the AT&T Center at 5.30. And for those who want it, there are shuttles available to provide transport between all the venues. This panel is supported by the Monument Group. Though sponsors and donors underwrite this event, they play no role in determining the event's content, panelists, or line of questioning. Finally, please silence your phones, and if you want to tweet, remember the hashtag is TTF. Uh, we will speak to our panel for about 40 minutes or so, and then we'll make sure to have time for audience questions. Uh, and now I am pleased to introduce our guests. Steve Adler has served as the mayor of Austin since 2015. He is co-founder of the Baron Graham and Adler Law Firm, and previously sat on the boards of the Austin Ballet and the Texas Tribune. Adler spent eight years working in the Texas legislature as the chief of staff and general counsel to State Senator Elliot Shapley of El Paso. He is also the state's foremost defender of taco trucks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Steve Adler and taco trucks after this panel. <laughs> Uh, Nelda Martinez was elected mayor of Corpus Christi in 2012, becoming the city's first Hispanic woman to hold a position. She is the president and owner of Adlin Enterprises and previously served as president of the Texas Municipal League. In 2013, she was named Communicator of the Year by the Texas Speech Communication Association. State Senator Charles Schwertner, a Republican from Georgetown, has represented Senate District 5 since 2012. He serves as chairman of the Senate Health and Human Services Committee and sits on the Senate Finance, State Affairs, Administration, and Business and Commerce Committees. Previously, he represented District 20 in the Texas House. In addition to his role in the Texas legislature, he works as an orthopedic surgeon. State Representative Jeff Leach, a Republican from Plano, has represented House District 67 since 2012. He serves on the House Criminal Jurisprudence and Government Transparency and Operation Committees. He practices law with Gray, Reed, and McGraw PC, where he specializes in general business, real estate, and construction law. Previously served on the steering committee for the Baylor Business Network in Dallas. Please give our panel a hand. I plan on directing questions to each of you, but others can feel free to jump in. I, I want this to be a conversation. First off, Mayor Adler, uh, Austin has drawn international attention for its uh, complicated relationship with Uber and Lyft. Uh, after the city implemented a policy requiring drivers of those services to undergo <clears throat> fingerprint-based background checks, critics managed to get put that, uh, a repeal of that policy to voters. Uber and Lyft spent more than $8 million campaigning for the repeal, but in May, Austin voters soundly rejected it. What is the ride-hailing landscape in Austin like now? Complicated still, <laughs> uh, but yet you know, simple at the same time. Uh, Austin, Texas was not trying to get any kind of international notoriety. Uh, we basically just wanted to have a, a meaningful choice uh, for people in the community to have a fingerprinted driver uh, if they wanted to have one. Uh, and, and that's where we began. Uh, as it turned out, you know, there was a sequence of events. Um, it wasn't just eight million, it was, it was 10 million. Uh, but what we ended up with was the, the, the only real open competitive market uh, in TNCs uh, in a major city uh, in the world uh, that, I'm, that I'm aware of. And what happened was what you would expect. Uh, it brought uh, innovation and, and competition. Uh, so now we have uh, uh, seven uh, operating TNCs in the city. Uh, the, the volumes are going up. They're beginning to, 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 to approach what they were back with Uber and Lyft. Uh, we have functioning TNCs. We have 4,500 drivers that have uh, signed up to, to be uh, fingerprinted. And this is before we got into any of the incentive type programs that uh, were the original part of the uh, of the scheme to, to, to roll this out. And just to so that just interrupt, uh, TNC is transportation networking companies, and sorry about that. These work essentially the same way Uber and Lyft worked. Well, I would think that Uber and Lyft are are one mm -hmm. are within that bucket of mm -hmm. transportation network uh, companies. Uh, so in that respect, it, it, it's going it's going well. At uh, the same time, uh, uh, we know that there are we don't have Uber and Lyft, uh, and that's a cost to our community. Uh, because there's a next generation of innovation uh, that's associated with those large companies that they can access that, that some of these others are not in a position to be able to do right now. And, and we don't have accessibility uh, in the same way to that. 
Uh, but overall, I would say that what's bottom line, what's happened in Austin is what you would expect to happen in an open free market. Innovation and competition uh, is what we're saying. Sure. Senator Schwartner? I, I would uh, just retort that I think people of Central Texas have, have lost choice. I think that choice is going to be made perfectly clear next week in ACL Fest when you have people flying in downtown, whipping out their smartphones, looking at it, trying to pull up Uber and Lyft, and being unable to, then having to walk out to a taxi stand and get in line. I think that perception of innovation and entrepreneurship has been uh, hit, and the black eyes have been taken uh, for Texas, and that is one of my concerns regarding uh, a fair and consistent uh, regulatory framework for these ride-sharing technologies. Uh, I believe it is important that we get this right because it is the future. And we should not continue with outdated regula regulations, whether they're at the federal level, state level, or local level, that uh, <coughs> stifle innovation and competition and um, really protect an outdated industry. And so uh, we'll kind of continue with that you you two uh, are planning to address this issue next session. What is the legislation you're working on? How is that shaping up? Well, I, I, I certainly believe that uh, uh, regulation should be fair and consistent, uh, and not just a patchwork of, of regulations, uh, ordinances at, at the municipal level re in regards to this issue in particular. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, I think it should be as limited as possible. I believe that there's always trade-offs between safety and security and protection of our individual freedoms and rights, whether it's to avail ourselves of a, a ride-sharing service or participate as a driver. So I, uh, you know, I, I fall on the side of, of fair, consistent, and limited in, in, in scope. And I would add that there are 34 other states that have actually put in place uh, significant uh, statewide regulation. None of them have fingerprint as part of those uh, statewide regulations. Um, so. Uh, we need to take a strong look at, at what is appropriate for this uh, novel, innovative, uh, and progressive technology uh, and not look at it through the lens of uh, protecting, again, uh, an outdated industry and stifling uh, competition. Mayor Martinez. You know, we have 1,216 incorporated cities in the state of Texas, and only a few of these have transportation network company regulations. And so it is the contrary. If there's only a few in the state that have these regulatory laws in our cities, then that goes straight against the contrary of the definition of, frankly, not wanting to have big government. And so if you only have a few cities in the state out of the 1,216 incorporated cities that have TNC regulations, and you want to go ahead and regulate all of them, because one size does not fit all, then that means that's government overreach at its best. That's the definition of government overreach. So it's really important to make that distinction of trying to uh, address uh, a few of the big uh, corporate influence for the many that if you're trying to justify as far as liberty and patchwork, because frankly, government closest to the people governs best. Representative Leach? Sure. Well, it's, uh, it's great to be here today. Let me ask at the outset, we have a packed room here today, and thank you all for coming. How many of you have, have used Uber or Lyft or other ride-sharing networks before? Future. <laughs> so, based on what I can tell, 98% of this room um, has, has utilized Uber, Lyft, or another um, ride-sharing um, company um, in the past. And what I would say, first of all, it's great to be here with you mayors and senator today and look forward to a great discussion. Um, let, me, let me stay at the outset that I'm from the North Dallas area, from Collin County, um, certainly one of the most conservative areas of the state, but I love Austin. Um, let me just make that clear at the outset, okay? Uh, my wife and I and our family love Austin. Uh, we love Corpus Christi. Uh, Mayor, I was just in Corpus Christi a couple weeks ago, and, and what, what a wonderful um, uh, jewel for the state of Texas, but I believe very strongly that Corpus Christi and Austin got this wrong, and here's why. Um, this to me is a limited government issue. Um, if you look at the primary purpose of government at all levels, whether it's the federal, state, or local levels, the primary purpose of government is to protect and secure the rights of the people. 
Uh, certainly the government has a role to protect me and to protect you, but that's not actually the government's primary role. Um, the government's primary role is to protect the rights of the people, and when the, the government is infringing on businesses and or the rights of the people to say, I want to hire you, I want to pay you $15 to drive me from point A to point B, and the government is getting in the way of that relationship, I believe that is an intrusive, overbearing, burdensome government and needs to be scaled back. Um, the cities, we, we do like local control, and the best decisions are best made at the local level, but the cities are political subdivisions of the state. And so at the statewide level, I, I hope that we're the 35th state, um, there's 34, right, um, that have already passed regulations. I hope that this next session we're the 35th state to pass a, a, um, a statewide, um, if you will, um, codification of a regulation that, that applies across the state. Well, let me ask the two mayors now. So there are 34 states that have these statewide rules, and there isn't fingerprinting in any of them. Uh, a, a handful of cities require fingerprinting, although New York and Houston both do, and Uber has stayed in those cities, I'll just note. Um, does that give you pause that maybe your, what you were demanding of these companies was unreasonable? No. But, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go first and then I'll go? Yeah, I'll let you go. I'm, no, I'm, no, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, it's interesting, and 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 I appreciate that that you like Austin, and we love having you here. Uh, uh, and and I would say, kind of parallel to that, that that I'm a, a fan of Uber and Lyft, and, and I was an early adopter uh, of of that of that service. I think it's an important service, and I think it's one of the choices for mobility that that a city that a city has to has to have. Uh, Austin is truly an innovative, creative city, uh, and, and, and we have approached this in a creative, innovative, forward-looking uh, way. I mean, this is a city that represents 7% of the population in Texas. We're small. We're only the fourth largest city in the state. But at 7% of the population, we represent uh, about a third of the patents in the state and about half of the venture capital. Uh, and one of the reasons why we're able to do that in this city, and every city's different, and every city has its advantages and the things that, that make it special, is because the, the people that are, are, are that bent, that kind of uh, create creativeness and entrepreneurial spirit, uh, uh, choose to come to Austin. And the companies that want to employ those people uh, the Google, uh, we have the largest Apple uh, campus uh, in the world, including Cupertino, California, the largest, second largest Apple presence in the city outside of Cupertino, Samsung, uh, with a $15, $14 billion investment or in Austin, Facebook, uh, Google, I mean, they're, they're, they're all here for that reason. Uh, I, I agree that, that this really is something that at its base level is, is the people and not the government. In, in the case in Austin, uh, using very basic rights reserved for the, the people, uh, we had uh, uh, two companies that decided to exercise their rights to be able to petition for an election. Uh, that's a, a sacred right of, of, of people in our city to be able to do, to, to say the government is not getting this right and we're asking the people to make a choice. We had an election of the people in the city of Austin, Texas, so that they could speak directly without the uh, influence of government to say what it was that they, what they, what they wanted. Uh, and there was an election uh, that, 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 was, that was held. Again, we had, when we were considering this uh, back in, in, in December, uh, we brought in our public safety people, our professionals that we rely on. We brought in our police chief and we brought in officials from the Department of Public Safety. And what they told us was, and this question came up because we were looking at some uh, uh, sexual assaults that had occurred in, in, in transportation vehicles. We were looking at them both in taxi cabs and in, and in the, the, the TNCs. Mm -hmm. And they told us that uh, uh, all other things being equal, that it's better to have a biometric link with the driver than not, if for no other reason that it helps with post-incident investigation and prosecution. Now, I will tell you that my wife and my three girls tell me that they feel safer in an Uber and a Lyft than they do in a taxi cab. Uh, and best as I can tell, when I look at the data and information on safety, I can't find statistically significant inf data that says that one way of doing it is safer than another. It's all anecdotal. 
Uh, I also know that, that I've heard anecdotally, and it makes sense to me, that having TNCs help with DWIs and, and getting drunk drivers off the road, and that's an important function for that as well. It's anecdotal to me, mm. because I have yet to see a scientifically, statistically significant uh, analysis that demonstrates that, but it makes sense to me that that would be the case. So the issue in Austin was to come up with an innovative, creative way, a next century way, a new market way, a new sharing economy way, to be able to ensure that a community that wanted to make sure that a choice of a fingerprinted driver was available to the citizens in the community would be able to do that. Quite frankly, I think we were innovating too quickly for Uber and Lyft. Uh, and what we came up with was a third-party, independent, cross-platform uh, uh, badge, a validator badge, that could be not only used by people voluntarily in, in TNCs, but also with uh, lots of different ways in the sharing economy that people don't know each other are now dealing with each other and closer and closer. And Airbnb, you can rent not only a house, but you can rent a room in someone's house or the sofa in their living room. And you don't know who's sleeping on the sofa in your living room or who's lurking around your sofa when you're sleeping in it in somebody else's house. So I'm sorry, this is something you proposed, this right? Is, but we, it was something we proposed. And one of the reasons why we ended up in the election was because there was resistance, frankly, from, 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 the, from the companies who wanted to take the issue to the people uh, and have a vote that would preclude that kind of discussion. That was that would would put us on this on this track, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that it's it's this is about liberty and it is about communities being able to decide what kind of choices exist in their community, and it was not done to protect any outmoded regulatory scheme. We're not protecting any outmoded regulatory scheme. In fact, we are looking forward. There's no industry that's being tried to protect here. We are trying to, in fact, find what is the regulatory regulatory structure that needs to exist. But I would say that the people, the people in this city are trying to fashion what is best for them without regard to, to, to government. Uh, Senator? I, 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 would just, uh, I would just say there was a huge upcry of people in Austin clamoring for more regulations of TNCs. In fact, I would say the exact opposite. The epitome of, of uh, local uh, individual freedoms um, or, or local, um, local control is actually in the individual to avail themselves of, of, of limited government, of, to avail themselves of the ability to, to one, work as a, as a uh, driver of a TNC company, or two, avail themselves of that mode of transportation. And they can choose or not choose to, to participate in that. If they want to use a, a taxi, they can do so. If they do not, they can, they can use the TNC. And people were voting with uh, the growth of that industry across, across Texas and across this nation. I think the bigger picture is, though, what does Texas want to be perceived as in the future? Austin prides itself as innovative, forward-thinking, progressive. And I think Texas should also, and has, in areas, certain areas. Um, but I can tell you this was not perceived like that, either on the East Coast or the West Coast or internationally. It was seen as, as um, uh, overreach that was protecting an entrenched constituency within Within days after the vote, where the effort to repeal the fingerprint uh, background check regulation was uh, failed, uh, both both of you announced plans to look at this next session. And I think the perception at the time was that, at least people I was talking to, was that Austin was going to be without any of these type of services until the state did something. But in the meantime, I've been surprised to see how many companies have launched here. There's now a fairly robust marketplace. Uber and Lyft aren't in it, but uh, a recent report said that uh, in, Ju in July, they provided more than 350,000 trips uh, in Austin. Um, and I mean, that's just a remarkable ramp up in like two months after Uber and Lyft left. And so I'm wondering if that gives you pause at all in terms of you know, calling this anti-competitive or there, isn't a, there is clearly a market in Austin now. It's just the two biggest players have decided not to take part. So did that concern you at all or give you pause in terms of how you approach this next session? I, I think we need fair and consistent regulation at the state level. And safety is paramount at a state responsibility from a constitutional standpoint. 
transportation is more than just a regional issue. My young son is 16 and drives in the very back of the room. You know, um, a drunk driver in Austin doesn't stop at the Austin city limits. It affects constituencies throughout the greater uh, Austin, Round Rock, Georgetown, municipal region. And I think it is important for those uh, expansive constituencies to have a, have a vote and, and have, a, have a voice regarding this, this issue. Secondarily, as a state leader, as a legislator, um, I think it's important that the state of Texas get this right. This is the future. We cannot wallow in the past regarding transportation options and mobility options. I think we've been very progressive as far as making sure that uh, we're having the best uh, transportation network companies available as far as to anyone who wants a vehicle for hire in our city. And we offered uh, a legal pathway as far as through our ordinance and Uber and Lyft chose to leave. They chose to leave and now we have other transportation companies that have come in and they chose to come in under our ordinance and are doing very well. <laughs> and so the art, and what it all comes down to is the issue about biometric fingerprinting. And I will tell you, that is a fundamental issue that you have to do as an elected official and ensure that if I have a chief of police that's telling me that all you do is increase risk, once you get those doors in that car closed around you, you lose your freedoms. So why do you want to include, uh, increase the risk? Biometric fingerprinting, there's only one fingerprint. But somebody can have, as we've seen as far as in Houston, and so I don't, what I don't get is why didn't they leave Houston? Why haven't they left New York? And, and so uh, it's unfortunate because I would have loved for them to have stayed to give our citizens more options. But it all comes down to uh, we don't want to do the fingerprinting check and, uh, and I'm not going to purposely increase the risks of the public safety. One fingerprint and I will tell you Houston has already showed that with the other types of commercial background checks that were being used by the transportation companies in Houston and not using the federal-based FBI uh, very comprehensive biometric fingerprinting miss so much. You can have aliases. You, I mean, there's so much fraud. With fraud. You, there were uh, those who were uh, charged with murder that were uh, missed. Uh, I, there's too many. And so when you talk about state regulatory, and there's only a few of us doing it in the city, I mean, and you can't say out of one mouth, you know, uh, part of your mouth and say, we need the feds to stay out of the state's business. And then on the other side saying, we're gonna get into your business locally. It just is, the, the hypocrisy uh, is, it just, it doesn't fit. And you have now the economic development director, you know, back in 2014 says that, uh, the cities. It's the cities that have been contributing to the Texas miracle economically. So why would you want to take away that local control and purposely hurt your state? Representative Leach, I saw you shaking your head. Yeah, well, I mean, after, mm -hmm. after getting accused of being a hypocrite, I'd, I'd like to respond. Um, oh, it's not personal. Well, no, I know it's not. <laughs> I know. But, 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 uh, but taking a hypocritical view, I, I, the last time I checked, it was the states that created the federal government and the states that created the cities. Not the federal government did not create the states. Therefore, the states is ultimately in the state capitals in all 50 states is ultimately where the power over these regulatory issues should be. Now, the federal government has stolen a lot from the states, and the cities has stole have stolen a lot from the states and intruded on those powers. So that's why you're seeing uh, uh, legislators. And by the way, this is not just a conservative Republican issue. There are legislators on both sides of the aisle who are, are joining together to address this issue next session. And if you think ACL next week is going to be bad, wait until the legislature returns in January and figures out that Uber's no longer around in Austin. Um, that, that's right. And so, um, so to say that the state ought to just completely stay out of these issues and ought to, and it's not just this issue, ought to stay out of cities and counties and school districts is, is I think a, um, it, it's a weak argument. But, but, but secondly, what I'd say is let's look at what San Antonio did. Uh, San Antonio, I think, came up with a creative approach. It's not perfect if you ask Uber and Lyft, but San Antonio said, we're not going to require the biometric fingerprinting, but when you log on to Uber on your app in San Antonio, you can see whether the driver that's coming your way to pick you up has actually been fingerprinted or not, 
and you get to choose whether you want to get in that car or not. So if they've gotten their fingerprints, if you have one driver that has fingerprints and one driver that doesn't and they both want to come get you, you get to choose. You get to choose. And what Austin and Corpus Christi are saying is you don't get to choose. Mayor Eller, is that, you proposed something similar to that, though, or is, was yours different from San Antonio's? Well, you know, first, you know, three quick thoughts. The first is I understand that this argument is, 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 is replete with, with very grand and important debates about fundamental principles of, of liberty and about uh, where the power resides, uh, and, and, I and I understand that. You know, I'm a mayor of a city, and we're just trying to, to fill potholes and to, and to deal with the things that people need to, 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 to see. Uh, real exciting in Austin, Texas right now when you get into a TNC because of innovation and, and, and competition. In TNCs in Austin, there are some that you can actually schedule a time so that you can say, I want it there in 20 minutes or a half an hour, uh, which is a, a really nifty invention. In fact, there's some TNCs you can get into, and you can see how your fare and rates is changing as you're driving so that you're not surprised at the end. I mean, there's, there's incredible innovation and things that are happening in the city, which I'm real excited, excited about. San Antonio, I think, was, was, was also a, a really good first step. And I think that was uh, an exciting idea. And, and, and the best ideas we see is the new startups uh, in our community uh, iterate. You know, we have an idea. It, it gets made better. You work on it. It gets better. San Antonio has that. You, you, you type in the, the, the car. The, the driver's name comes up. After the driver's name, there's a series of numbers and letters. A lot of people don't know what those numbers and letters are if it's a, if it's a fingerprinted driver because it's just you know 3TNX5. So a lot of people don't know what that means. But in any event, if you have someone who's fingerprinted, you will have that series of numbers and letters next to their name. But it's not really a meaningful choice because in the city of San Antonio, I think they have like 300 and what is it? it may, may, it's either 230 fingerprinted drivers or 320 fingerprinted drivers. So if you're in San Antonio and you call up and, and you don't get one that has three TNX after their name and you hit cancel and you ask for the next driver, the chances you're actually going to get a driver that's fingerprinted is not very great. And if you were to get one, the chances that they're anywhere near you is not very great. So what were you we proposing were that, was, that. that was different from San Antonio then? Well, what we were proposing was is that in order to have a meaningful choice in a community, you actually have to have a significantly greater number of drivers that are volunteering uh, to get fingerprinted so that when you do type in, uh, you have much better chance of, of hitting someone who has been fingerprinted. Uh, so we were working up a series of incentives for, for, for drivers, uh, incentives for, for riders, incentives for, for companies uh, to be able to, uh, to help those numbers come up. Now, we were preempted in that conversation because of the, the call for the, the vote, which was certainly the, the right of the companies to call for and, call for and, and ask. So, so, so we had a community that was trying to hit that choice as best we could on the tools that we, that we, that we had that were given to us. So was your incentive program still going to be voluntary, though? Or was there going to be a set number that the companies had to reach? Well, we had a community that was setting benchmarks and goals that we wanted to be able to reach. And we said, mm -hmm. we really want to reach this by this time. Uh, this is a community that would work in an iterative way, because you can do that at the city level. You can, you can experiment and, and try. We have, we have ACL coming up next week. I'm looking forward to it. I love ACL. I hope everybody comes, the, comes back to be, be part of that. Uh, and, 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 and it wouldn't surprise me at all if we don't have kinks and, and, and issues with it. But I hope that we learn from those, because we, we try to learn from, from each one that we, each situation that we have, and, and to get better and to refine. And, and I expect that to be, to be, to be, no, to be no different. Uh, we're just, you know, a, we're a pretty simple place. We have a technology that is providing mobility options that are important mobility options that are important to have in our, in our community. Uh, uh, we're an early adopter community. There were, the usage in this community was among the highest in the state and among the highest in the, in the country. Uh, and then they have a local community that is so invested in this. Uh, take the vote that this community took, I think is, 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 real, is real meaningful. Uh, we're on a path, and, and, I'm, and I'm hopeful, and, and 
ex expect that if we can continue on this path, we're going to end up in a really good place, which is in part why we have almost 5,000 fingerprinted drivers in Austin right now compared to the 230 number, which I think is what it is in San Antonio. And, and I think we can do it in a way that doesn't uh, uh, end competition, but, but fosters competition and creativity and innovation. And, and do it in a way that is fair and just and, and consistent with our Constitution, both at the, at the national and at the, at the state level. Uh, Senator, you want to say? Well, the end result, though, is that you're citing competition and choice. In San Antonio, the end result, though, I think, of the Austin um, ordinances will mandate a 100% compliance with fingerprinting at some future date. The, if you wanted, if the people of San Antonio we're demanding that you, that, that they, for their safety, that they wanted drivers to be fingerprinted. It would not be working in San Antonio, and you would have people not availing themselves of that, of that PNC option. Right now, um, you said there were only 200 plus in, in San Antonio that, that had uh, fingerprinting. So there's not a huge market demand. This is an issue that's being pushed by special interests at municipal government levels. One second, I wanted to and, talk. And I think I think an interesting point here um, is something that, that Mayor Adler <coughs> mentioned earlier is that there was no, unless I understood you wrong, Mayor, there's no compelling evidence, there's no um, study or data or statistics that have been proven one way or another to to compel the government to take this right from someone. If there was that data, like there has been in public education or medicine or law, um, then perhaps you could talk about the, the need to regulate. But in this instance, unless I misunderstood you, there doesn't seem to be any compelling data out there for these regulations. I think the compelling data, and you're right with respect to studies and like, so, so as a city council, what we were left with uh, to make this decision was the uh, advice that we got from our, our public safety professionals. The police chief so, well, the police chief and I were working together uh, on that option, but what he said to us very clearly, and that he also, on this issue, 
and then the issue, and as well as the, the representative from the Department of Public Safety with the state, both came to our city council in our chambers and said that uh, the biometric link uh, background check was a preferred background check to a name ID check. Uh, and again, they, the reason for that was that uh, one, I think the, the state person talked more about you know, uh, links to, to, the, to the federal system, uh, but both of them talked about that it improved uh, uh, post-incident uh, investigations or prosecutions. Uh, you know, just as a quick side, Senator, I, uh, the, the, the market question I think is an important one and I really want to get to a place where, where, the, where, the, where the market gets to decide and, and be able to direct. When you, have, when you have a company, though, that has uh, such a control over, over a market, when you don't have seven people, companies that are playing, and you only have one or two, uh, you never really know what the market has. So in San Antonio, for example, and I know my girls, my girls uh, would much rather have a fingerprinted driver than a driver that's not fingerprinted. But they would rather have a fast driver than a slow driver. So my girls walking out will say, I'd much rather have a fingerprinted driver. They'll call for that. Well, but what they'll do is they'll, 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 they'll call it up. And if, if they have a meaningful choice, if in that first hit or second hit they could get a fingerprinted driver, they would do that all the time. In San Antonio, you could spend all day on the corner trying to get a fingerprinted driver, and it would never happen. So I don't think that's evidence, really, of what the market wants. What we were trying to do was, in fact, create a situation where you could actually test these concepts in the marketplace, where they could be a meaningful choice so that you could actually see what the market would, would choose if it, if it was a, a meaningful, meaningful choice. Uh, and that's the direction uh, that, that, that we wanted to head. I want to talk so, briefly about um, the traditional yellow cap companies. Uh, in, I believe in most Texas cities, for, for, for years, they've, they've had to be fingerprinted. I'm wondering, our two legislators, are you planning to get rid of that requirement in a statewide situation, or would it just be the app-based companies? I think you put in place fair, consistent statewide regulations that are appropriate for the, for the industry regarding TNCs. The dinosaur of, of taxis will continue to, to fall by the wayside. So they will de facto have to, have to change. Uh, you know, so, I just want to stop you one second, though. Geotracking, they don't do real-time You were talking about consistent statewide. Is it consistent if two industries providing a similar well, service, one's under state regulation, one's under local? To allow one to, if, if taxis wanted to change, they could go petition their uh, local governments or petition Well, so couldn't Uber and Lyft? They're not coming to me, and they're not coming to local governments saying, we want out of this. In fact, they like their, their kind of monopoly. There are 900 plus taxi medallions in the state of Austin, or in, in the city of Austin. And only about 300 plus will be working on ACL uh, weekends. So it, it, is, it is a monopoly that they enjoy, and so they put up with those type of, of regulations. They, they might clamor to change once they see the winds changing, mm -hmm. but right now they're not coming to me, and I don't believe they're coming to cities because they think they can win this argument, which, which I would say they So if So the issue is that taxis aren't coming to you to ask for this, but Uber and Lyft is? That's right. They're not asking to be let free of onerous regulations and burdens. So I'm trying to figure well, out is that's, what's... That's where the rub is. And we talk about studies and we talk about... And, and you, you can't mention special interest and say, well, it's because a special interest came to me and that's why I'm dealing with them and I'm going to go ahead and keep out a similar company, a vehicle for hire, and not have, you know, not take out their fingerprinting. I mean, it, 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 we talked about studies earlier. We talked about evidence. But I'm, I'm going to give you just a little bit of evidence as far as this Houston's ordinance went to effect. You know, the fingerprint-based FBI background check found that several applicants for TNC driver's license who had passed a commercial criminal background check 
had a prior criminal history, and they included murder, assault, battery, racketing, indecent exposure, DWI, DUI, possession of a controlled substance, prostitution, fraud, robbery, aggravated, uh, I mean, unlawful carry of a weapon, reckless driving, public intoxication, driving with a suspended license, and an unauthorized use of vehicles, not to mention a significant amount of, you know, aliases, and so it, it really comes down to protecting those that you and I serve. But I am not going to purposely open the window to what Houston found and subject what I do and my responsibility and my oath is to protect the public's safety. You can't say I'm just going to do it for one uh, Uber and Lyft who came to me and then totally discount all the regulations of why they're in there for many of the sectors in the state and say, okay, but we're going to leave those other fingerprints in there. You know why? Because I was just passed by one industry. I'm sorry, just, Representative Alicia, did you want to speak? Well, I, I, to, to answer your question, if given the opportunity to vote on a complete deregulation, mm -hmm. I would vote yes. Now, I'm also a realist, and I know that bill probably cannot get to the floor of the House. Um, and so the legislation that I'm working on um, will, will provide this consistent statewide standard. Um, but, but I think if you did deregulate, you, what you would see the taxi cabs company, what you would see them do is become more like Uber and Lyft which all of us want. Oh, I shouldn't say all of us. A lot of us want. A lot of us who love Uber and Lyft want the taxis to become more like Uber and Lyft. It's a great service in, a, in an open, uh, needing market. And so I, I believe that if you deregulate, uh, you're not catering to one industry or another. I haven't talked to the Uber and Lyft lobbyists. They didn't tell me to tweet, you know, write that tweet after Austin did what it did. It's something, because I love it. I love Uber and Lyft. I have constituents that, that um, that enjoy ride sharing. And, and let me tell you, the Austin, when, when you get off a plane in New York City, and you get off a plane in Chicago, and you get off a plane in San Diego, and there's 20 Ubers there lining up ready to take you wherever you want to go, and you get off a plane in Corpus Christi in Austin, and there's none, that's a problem. That's a problem. Texas should be leading the charge for free markets. You know, I, my hope is. Free markets will solve that. I wasn't approached by Uber or Lyft either. I was concerned as a representative of, of the greater Austin, Georgetown area of putting my constituents at risk by having more drunk drivers, putting my son and sons at, at risk. And, and also knowing, having um, uh, obviously been around Austin, uh, the, the issues associated with 6th Street and, and, and young women trying to get back to campus and having to walk through 7th Street and 8th Street and, problems that are associated there. Why are we putting our citizens truly at risk by limiting them in their mobility options? So, so, so neither of you have talked to my turn. My turn. The risk of possibly, uh, uh, of possibly having a, a drunk driver driving you. So Austin wants to really be the laboratory, if we can, to, to work with the state, because I think that there's a lot that we can add in terms of innovation in the next generation. Uh, and, and at the risk of confusing the narrative. At the same time that we were talking about doing this work with the TNCs, we also announced that we were going to be deregulating the taxi. Now, it didn't find a lot of fans in, in lots of parts of the city, uh, but that's the direction that we've started to move. Uh, and in fact, you actually see in Austin now exactly what it is that you want to see, because we now have apps that are being tested by the, the taxi companies in our city. Uh, so that they can provide a TNC-like service, and they're going to have to if they're going to remain competitive. So, so I hope you get your measure to the floor. It may very well come to the floor of my council sooner than it comes to the floor. And that's, but I, but I think, but we're, but we're, that's, we're, 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 we're moving in that direction and, and trying to be as, as, as helpful in this, in this progress as we can. And it's important because we keep saying this, and I'm concerned that people might hear this, the, the tape and, and think differently. Anybody in the city that wants a TNC has it now. There are seven different choices. Uh, they're all on my phone. Uh, if someone gets off the plane and, and can't find an Uber and Lyft, they can find a fare or a Fasten or a Ride Austin or a Getney. There are, there are lots of services. And in the marketplace, some of them are not going to survive because they don't, they don't provide the, the right innovation or the right service because the market's going to pick who the, the winners and, and, and losers are in the system. But I want everybody, when you leave here today, don't think that you have to walk 
because you don't. We have a lots of TNCs giving hundreds of thousands of people rides every month. Well, I, I do, Mayor, take you at your word when you say um, that, that you want to work with us in the session. I do think this is going to be an important issue we're, we're going to deal with early in session. So my preference, and I, and I believe your preference as well, is to work collaboratively uh, with, with you instead of against you so we can come up with a workable statewide solution. That's, that's the goal here. Well, that, that's going to be the critical part of always working together because we serve the same people. And uh, I want to get back to the taxi cab drivers. And we don't have a union in Corpus Christi as far as a huge lobbyist, but and I will tell you, it is all about uh, free enterprise and making sure that you stay as competitive as far as with your business model. And we have taxi cab drivers that now have apps, many of them that you've discussed. And we have transportation network companies that are operating successfully in our Corpus Christi. We have competition there. And we will continue to always provide that platform for competition and innovation. I want to open up the, our panel to some questions from the audience. Anyone uh, uh, here? Is that something you're hoping to address in the legislation? Certainly. As chair of the Health Committee, I, I share your concerns. There are um, issues, federal laws, ADA, that need to be recognized and protected. Um, and there are states that have put in, in their statewide regulation, those protections for individuals with disabilities availing themselves of, of TNC services. Well, in, in Austin, it's top of mind, and it's part of the uh, ordinance that we passed. Uh, there was uh, some frustration with the response time associated with taxi cabs, where the service was provided, but you had to reserve it well in advance before you might know that you actually are going to need it. Uh, but not only is it addressed, but uh, the, the, the TNCs, or people that are participating in this market, are asked to put forward a, a specific plan, an implementation plan, where they can provide those services. Uh, so it's, it, it is not where it needs to be today, but it is top of mind, and it's something that we're, we're, we have built into the process because it's important. Is, is the state planning to address that in the legislation? Or? I already said it yeah. is. Yep. And we definitely are now. <laughs> so would I it be? So thank you for bringing that to our, <coughs> to our attention. We'll work on it. Yes, sir. I don't think that uh, uh, we should have companies tail wagging the dog. I think we should have parameters like uh, Austin said. And, and that, uh, what are these people trying to hide? And, and, and as far as the state, you don't mind making laws that uh, you say you don't want laws, but you make them without anybody agreeing with them except your legislators. And yet Austin had a vote. Yeah, the constituency for the for the issue of transportation mobility is greater than what resides within one city limit. It affected the entire region. I think state uh, responsibility comes into play when it concerns safety and transportation. I think it's every right for the state of Texas 
to look at fair, consistent statewide regulation of a novel industry that has such a broad-ranging and long-term effect on mobility and transportation. And ahead, uh, you're right, we do, we do put in place laws. Uh, we are hired uh, by, by the voting, voting booth to, to uh, represent the people of uh, the region that we, that we, are, that we represent and, and make the laws for the entire state. You're absolutely correct on that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're correct in the, in the state legislature writing a bunch of laws that only legislators think are good, um, and it's gotten out of hand. And in fact, in the last two, just to give you an anecdote, um, this, this number will, will shock you, or it should. There are a, a little bit over 1,700 crim crimes in Texas law, over 1,700. Over 1,500 of those crimes are found outside, outside of the Penal Code and the Controlled Substances Act. So that means that over 1,500 crimes in Texas have been created by legislators criminalizing what, what should not be criminal activity, various business activities, um, and we're trying to curtail that. We passed a bill last session that's looking at these laws, and we're going to try to scale that back. So point taken, and it's not something that we're going to continue to do. Next question. Uh, All right. My, um, uh, there's a number of things I could say and um, some of the claims made in this panel, though I just want to say the idea that Austin's current PNC market is vibrant, open, and competitive after new restrictions have been put in place is a claim that uh, would give George Orwell a run for his money. That being said, Representative Leach, what are the odds that this bill, or a TNC bill, will get stalled out for a month in the calendars committee and chuffed to death on the last day of the session? I, I don't think that's likely. <laughs> Point taken, but I don't think that's likely. Likely next session. You think you have enough support that? I do, I do, and, mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I think we'll have a lot more support if we're able to come together with, with city leaders. And This is a perception issue for not just Austin or Corpus Christi or Houston, this is the state of Texas and uh, regarding how we are perceived at the national level and international level regarding innovation and entrepreneurship and, and free enterprise and markets. It goes to some of the core philosophies of, of limited government and individual rights and freedoms. Uh, for instance, if you're wanting to be a driver, overbearing regulations that inhibit your ability to participate in that market or as an individual to avail yourself of that mobility option. So it is a, an important issue from a broader context and one I think most legislators should take full realization of. Uh, Mayor? I was just going to say that that I've read some of the same tweets uh, from, from some of the folks on the, on the West Coast and the East Coast. Uh, but I've read uh, a much greater volume of those that still recognize uh, Austin as uh, an innovation uh, capital of the, of the world. In fact, uh, uh, later this, this coming week, uh, and I mention this only for context, uh, the, the Living City Group, which is the uh, collection of uh, about 18 of the largest uh, uh, foundations uh, and trusts in the company, country doing social innovation, uh, Annie B. Casey, Ford, um, uh, Gates uh, are, are, are honoring their 25 disruptive leaders as part of their 25th anniversary. And, and while I can't imagine why I'm on that list with the other people that, that are, uh, I am. Uh, and, and it's in part because of the kinds of things that, that, that we do. So, so I, I read some of those same tweets, but I think that the overwhelming uh, recognition uh, uh, around the world is that uh, uh, we're still a, a real innovative place and a, and, a, and a welcoming place for new innovation, for new companies, and for, for entrepreneurs. That woman in the back over there? Sorry, can you speak up a little? She was asking, why, is the, um, why do taxi drivers and Uber and Lyft drivers have to be fingerprinted but not cap metro public bus drivers or uh, disabled access vehicle drivers? Well, I think, I think that this council, which has only been in office now for about a year and a half, it's the first 10-1 council in, in the city, uh, inherited a system that was uh, kind, of a, kind of a hodgepodge and there weren't uh, uh, consistent rules. Uh, but when we started this process, that was the announced goal and still remains the goal. 
uh, to make sure that we're not picking winners and losers, that we're not providing competitive advantages, uh, and that we are consistent in the application of whatever system it is that we, that we, that we set. So we are moving in that direction. Next question. Um, here. <laughs> Many of us share that thought. I, when I get into Uber, I say, how much does it cost to get that? Roughly $100, let's say. I said, do you have any opposition or objections to getting friendly points? No, we have not. I can't see the first time I said that. Why did Uber? We don't have an Uber representative on the panel, but I don't know if anyone wants to answer that. Yeah, nine million is a lot of money. Um, but well, I'll tell you that my taxi driver, when I got off a plane two weeks ago in Corpus Christi, was an Uber driver, and now came. He's operating illegally. He he maybe I don't know. He was no no, no he was an Uber driver. He was an Uber driver in Austin, and his wife got sick with cancer, and the only treatment she could get was down in Corpus Christi. And so he went to Corpus Christi and is now making about 60% less than he was in Austin as an Uber driver in Corpus Christi driving a cab. And so to him, I bet it's a pretty big deal. I don't know what I'm saying. They wanted to get fingerprints. They were willing to do this. I think from a, a larger context, when you look at a novel industry, and you have a competing industry that puts in place through mechanisms, ordinances, or laws to try to stifle that innovation competition. Um, they're not able to obtain the, the workforce necessary to affect their, their business model. Um, they, they need individuals that want to do this as a, a lot of times a part-time job to get to uh, generate revenue with their own personal private property. And when you put in place so many hurdles and barriers to being able to, to do this type of secondary work, you're not going to be able to succeed as a company. So that's, I think, how the, maybe the company looks at it. You would have to ask them. What I come, the, the, the reason I look at it is because, it, it again, is, is uh, impeding mobility, diminishing safety, is, a, is overreach, and I'm against overreach, either the federal level, state level, or, or municipal level. And uh, it impedes free markets and competition and drives down prices. So, um, so I'm against it for a whole host of reasons beyond what probably the actual company is against it. So I hope that explains it a little bit. Well, I, I can say real fear, quick. What's wrong? Why, why are you, and you want to give a fingerprint. You have nothing in your background. You're willing to do this. And if you look at what it takes to do a certain type of job, do we need to fingerprint our guard people? Do we need to fingerprint people that come in our house that are pest control individuals? Or individuals that work for Cap Metro and, and help with disability individuals? So to me, as limited as possible is probably the right approach with the highest preservation of our individual freedoms and rights and liberties. Government is always selling you safety at the expense of our individual freedoms, rights, and liberties. But I guess to your question specifically, if the drivers are saying we have no problem being fingerprinted, uh, clearly they're not making the decisions. It's corporate, and it comes down to profits over safety. And um, so, with all that said, it may, and it makes you ask the question. It makes you ask the question. You know, we we is the information needed to have more drivers, and um, so we can sell more data is do you need to have more drivers because now uh, they're, you know, some of the transportation network companies are in the subprime uh, car leasing business where they can lease the more drivers they have? I mean, is, 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 is it a part of their business model of the more drivers that they have, 
that they're able to have a business model to where these other ancillary businesses that they're having is going to be part of their profits. Because it, it does beg that question, if the drivers don't mind being fingerprinted, you know, and corporate does, is it all about profit? Over? <laughs> we are uh, running late, but just I'll take one more question, yes. Um, anyone want to take that? <laughs> okay, then. Uh, thank you all. Uh, and please... Uh